0: So uh, For Ketho, when you were in the bells of the auction house and were surprised by all the dudes down there, um, and you you said, like, I'm a sleeper agent and I was sent here to help out, uh, what exactly made you go with that? Because there were not a lot of things you could have said in that situation to not get shot, and that was actually one of them. (laughs) What made you do that?
1: Um, Well, I mean, first off, I felt like I once didn't want to get into a fight with my bolt gun, you know, being out and about. Two, that I could—I mean, I was—I was looking to get more information. That's usually that's Ketho's go-to plan, you know. It's not like I'm not the only beat-up heretic kind of guy. I like to leverage what I have to get other things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, in that situation, that was getting mostly outnumbered. When I said sleeper, I figured that in terms of evil organizations working in the shadows with multiple things at play, especially since, you know, heresies involved, it wouldn't be implausible for a sleeper agent to exist from some other organization that has an interest in this. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but like having Eldar potentially, you know, you know, like logical, like Eldar could be doing this kind of stuff. It wasn't out of the realm of possibility that some organization put a sleeper into town. In that situation, I knew we were geared up for a fight, Although I didn't, I didn't do the whole sleeper thing to negate any fighting. I was just trying to get more information because we had no idea who was running this thing. Also, all of you guys were upstairs at that time, I think. Is that right?
3: I think when you went down is when we were coming up through the tunnels.
1: Okay. But yeah, to answer your question, it was within the realm of possibility that a sleeper would exist for such an organization or for an organization interested in this kind of trade.
0: As it turned out, then since one of the major players was the spy master of the House Oberon, he's all about them sleeper agents. So <laughs> that was actually a plausible thing to say there, and they did not shoot you on sight.
1: Which I was happy for? Yeah. It also, it also helped. I went with it after the whole, because this was after Felicia Tolden had died. I was gearing up or planning for it. You know, that's the reason really why I did the slashing and the and the stuff, so that I would have. Leverage, sort of, as the bad guys or whoever the trainers or Eldred Marin's guys would have known her as a person of interest. Would have, you know, recognized that she got out, and then said, "Oh, hey, look, this guy did our dirty work. He must be all heretical and stuff." Definitely not an Inquisition acolyte in disguise.
0: Hmm. Okay. Tyrus, you said, or
3: Matt, rather, you said you had some questions. For me, you will address me as Tyrus. No, that's okay. Um, so, yeah, so I've got a couple of things. I'm going to start with the most important thing the most important question of the entire campaign and this story, this world, everything mm-hmm. is it Archibald or Archibald? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Archibald. I don't know if you used multiple things, but I know at least us, the players, have said otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I think the proper pronunciation is Archibald. Okay. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The most important matter of the day.
3: Okay. A couple of other things. Back at the beginning of the campaign, when Archibald was talking to Hmm. Zarkov, and he took the blood sample, what the hell was that about?
0: I had a couple different ways to go with that, because... Depending on how things progressed, like, if the enemies discovered you before you were able to make a move on them, then they might send things to hunt you down. And one of those potential things that they could send was, like, an alien killing machine that you basically feed this, like, vial of blood to the thing, and then it unerringly tracks down the target, um, just, like, (laughs) seeks them out by their blood scent, and then murderates them. John...
2: That would have been a nice surgery project for me. Why didn't you...
3: (laughs) The whole time I was wondering what. Another possibility is that it was
0: just like a world custom of like it, that is like how a servant shows like their employment to a master. That was another possibility. It um, depends on how the thing progressed would depend on which way I went with. Something I sort of do is like, I'll know the general thing that's going on like I knew that there were smugglers based out in the caldera and that they were working with Eldric Marin and with Archibald Oberon and the specific details I sort of like worked out as I went along but like I, I always know who the main antagonists are and generally what they want to do I don't really write a plot for the adventures I just I know who the enemies are and mm-hmm. so I figure out what their deal is, what resources they have, and how they're going to respond given what the players do.
3: Yeah, that totally makes sense for running a campaign.
0: Yeah, if you try and write the specific things that are going to happen, the players will inevitably derail it because. Mm-hmm. It's almost at every single branch in
3: this campaign, you took a different direction than I expected you to. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. I (laughs) want to talk about more of that in a minute, but before I get to that, there's another similar question. Oh, it's not really a question. This is more of a comment, but I think something that definitely worked really, really well was that we established a grounding moment, which was the ball, which didn't Mm -hmm. happen until like 12 sessions or something. So it gives us the freedom to just mess around with the world. But we still know that, okay, this grounded event is going to happen, and then it happens, and then from there the story continues and concludes. So I think that was a good idea because it grounded us while still giving us all the freedom that we really could want. Yes.
0: I liked how that turned out, too. It had, like, a sense of an overarching plot and, like, a a tension of, like, the ball's getting closer. We got to do more investigation and figure out what's going on
3: before the ball gets here. And we did everything except for get clothes that was a yes. last minute purchase. And we did
0: everything but the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but even that turned out okay in the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'll second that uh, agreement. I think it was really good. Yeah, it also make, made us feel separate from the world. It's not like we were, it's not like uh, a game where, you know, like, oh, you reached this thing and then the plot point conveniently happens now. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it made the world feel like it was its own thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Dark Heresy, a lot of the time, At least the way we have been playing it is a mystery game. We're trying to figure out what's happening.
3: Oh, yeah, that's why I like it. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think that the model of mystery and investigation works really well for a role-playing game. Yes. Mainly because, and I haven't DM'd this kind of style of game, so maybe you can back me up on this, but I imagine that it makes it easier to be non-linear. Because you don't even have to really write a story. You just write the conflict of something happened. Here are the people that are involved. Now the players just have to go and interact with those elements I've created rather than walking them down a linear path that I've made for them. Does that make any sense? It does lend
0: itself pretty well to an open world feel, yeah. Mm -hmm. You definitely can run it in like a linear fashion but I find it wastes so much of the potential of the setting to do it that way.
3: Well, that, and also, like you said, um, and all DMs say the same thing. The players do the thing that we were never expecting when we were planning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. So another question I had, and this is probably not relevant, but I just wanted to ask, um, when Eldrick Marin first shows up at the ball, and he's described as just being... Utterly pissed off. Was there any kind of a like backstory to that, or was that or was that just perpetual angry Eldric Marin? He was in Duskleaf withdrawal. Ah, uh, you had stolen the shipment of Duskleaf
0: that was destined for him.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of those things in the the crate that you had was um the oh, the Duskleaf. I
3: remember Leaf. that.
0: And so that because there was that sort of disruption and things, they weren't able to give him the special <laughs> delivery he wanted, and he was like out of out of sorts and he had uh, killed his um, associate. It was Eldrick Marin, by the way, who had him pushed off the balcony, either him personally or one of his lackeys. Uh, this is Cedric Montessa, the, the one who gave you the ticket.
3: I remember that. So John, when he, fa- when John found the, um, the preloaded syringes mm-hmm. and then, yes, that was the dust those guys. extract. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was his personal stuff. Okay. That's good. There was a reason he was so pissed there. Okay. So you we're directly <laughs> responsible for it. <laughs> nice. Teachers can't catch a break. <clears throat> no. So another question, this goes back into the, the narrative structure of everything, which is that at the auction, those stones came up The the, <laughs> yeah. the, well, I don't want to call them soul stones because you never called them that, but I will call them soul stones just because I don't know what else to call them. <laughs> yes, they, they are Eldar spirit stones. Oh, spirit stones. Okay. So what would have happened if we bought those?
0: Uh, well, that is something I don't want to tell you. Okay. That fair might enough.
3: still happen. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um, I wanted to ask this later, but I'll ask it now because this is a good time to ask, which is, is this a plot hook that we've gotten ourselves into, or is this just a piece of the puzzle that we just never found? Or do you not feel like answering that question either?
0: A little bit of this, a little bit of that.
3: <laughs> okay, I will, we'll skip that. You may not have seen the
0: last of... The, all the players involved.
3: Okay. Okay, fair enough. Uh another small question, the buffet. I could tell you really wanted us to try the food and Yes, we, I did <laughs> and we, we were like all of us were like I'm I'm not touching that. This is scary demon stuff like <laughs> like mm-hmm. I guess Martin took some samples, but other than that no one uh <laughs> tasted the food. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I could tell you were disappointed. You, you want to know what would have happened if yeah. you had eaten it? <laughs> yes,
0: please. Each thing, like, you'd make some sort of a test involved to sort of stomach it. Or you'd, like, take some minor effect, like a bit of damage or some fatigue. And for every dish you tried, you'd get a little bit of extra XP for mm. the um, new experience. Mm.
3: Also, so what about, also, the, like, that, that like, metallic fluid? Yes. Yeah, what was that about? Yeah.
0: Well, it's liquid metal that you basically you have to drink the first little tuba stuff to protect your throat and then you drink the liquid metal. Oh, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. But it's it's digestible. It just uh well, it's it's like drinking molten metal. Yeah, that sounds awful.
2: <laughs> I actually I might have found the experience uh, almost spiritual now that I think about it. <laughs>
3: I'm trying to remember what else was at the buffet. It's, there was like a little
0: like fish thing where like each individual piece was screaming. Yes.
3: Mhm. Yes, there was that. And then there was also like the the nuts that were like making people giggle, yeah. Um, basically, that if you ate it, then like you'd
0: crunch it, and there's like you'd feel like a little thing, sort of like a wriggle free and dart down your throat. Oh god! <laughs> so those are. I like, was really like, hoping you'd eat
3: that one. So those are like eggs or something, something like that. Oh, I mean, man. harmless,
0: but very disconcerting. <laughs> okay. And for the, uh, actually, the auction items, um, I had, like, written out, like, an entire page and a half of different things for the auction in my notebook. And I forgot the book on the day we did that session. So I had to improvise everything.
3: <laughs> oh, no. So. Definitely keep those because you might be able to reuse some of that. Yeah. Um. Another small detail. And I don't know if you want to talk about this or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: There was a surveillance servo skull that spotted Zarkov, and Zarkov also caught a glimpse of it. Uh that was back when we were gathering up our equipment and mm-hmm. put it all mm-hmm. loaded it all up on the gun cutter to go head out to the caldera, I believe. Yes. Was that relevant or are you not are you not gonna talk about that? <laughs> that was one of the um the Oberon's servo
0: skulls. Okay. They knew you were going out to the caldera. Hmm. Mm. Oberon meaning Archibald Oberon
3: hmm Well, it's a good thing we came back in time for uh us to apprehend him. Speaking of which, that meeting he had with the spy master, he mentioned that it was for uh it was a meeting for security. And I was thinking, was this prompted by the fact that Zarkov left some bodies in their garden somewhere? Partly, yes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> bodies of whom?
0: Well, it was uh mostly it was Archibald calling the spy master up and saying what the hell is going on? And this by master explaining things, and saying like we found this bolt gun hidden behind a couch in the ball, and mm-hmm. some bodies around the place. Eldrick Marins disappeared. We don't know where he's gone.
2: <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah.
0: So right. y- your subtlety was high enough that they knew something was going on, but they didn't know it was you.
2: Mm-hmm. That's good. It's mm-hmm. a good place to be. Keep yeah. the fear in him.
3: Okay, and I have one one last question, which is. How much of a role did Eldric Marin play in kidnapping Archibald's daughter? Because I'm wondering if that was one of the moments that uh, w- what helped to give them away and start our investigation, essentially.
0: What actually happened there was um, the acolytes from Inquisitor Margolin had figured out some of what was going on. Like they figured out Eldrick was involved, but they didn't know that the Oberons were involved too. And that ended up being very bad for them because they went in there expecting that they would have the element of surprise. But instead, the followers of the spy master were waiting for them and they were all killed or captured there. Ophelia tried to like she started sort of suspecting her family of things and she was involved with their investigation, too. She was helping out her close friend, Natalie, the throne agent. She didn't have all the experience that Natalie did, and so she rushed in to try and sort things out herself and ended up getting captured, too. And when the spymaster captured her, he was like, shit, we just captured the eldest daughter of my employer. Uh, 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 Sent her to the dungeons in the Marins.
2: Estate. Ten years dungeon!
0: Yeah, so that, that was kind of a... It ended up being like a... PR nightmare, for lack of a better word, for the guy. So he was like, uh, "Ah, just stuff her in a dungeon somewhere mm-hmm. where Archibald will never find her." And so she
3: disappeared there. And then she kept and, trying to escape, and then that's why they were trying to get her off world, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah she she was not a obedient prisoner.
3: Mm-hmm. So another thing you mentioned was that there were three loosely defined factions as a part of the faceless trade organization uh can you remind me what those three were again
0: uh yeah they had the um acquisitions area distribution area and operations which um acquisition gets the product distribution sells the product and operations provides security at all stages and gets rid of any troublesome people who might be
3: investigating okay so i assume that the lieutenant that we fought was in charge of the security portion?
0: Yes, uh, she she was the leader of security in this particular faceless trade crew.
3: Okay, so she's in charge of security. I assume that the guys at the auction were in charge of distribution. Is that correct?
0: They were right underneath the top of okay. distribution. Shade probably had an underling who handled the liaising with different auctioneers but he was never really addressed
3: as a person okay so then the third faction i guess we never had any contact with the acquisition
0: yeah they they were not on the planet okay they were out doing other acquisitions
3: okay so that wasn't something that we missed like they were literally not even on the planet yeah they they were not involved okay Because I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, is there like a whole faction that you had somewhere that we missed or something? But okay, because I I was just curious about that.
0: The Faceless Trade is a very loose organization. It's kind of a catch-all term to include all the smugglers who deal in this sort of stuff. So it's it's almost not really even an organization, but rather like a network of contacts that these Faceless Traders have so that they'll know a lot of other people in the business. They don't have any kind of a hierarchy, really. Right. Okay. It's each faceless trader, captain, person, is the head of their own crew. And they even have, like, smaller scale stuff that's just, like, a few dudes found some alien artifacts and they're trying to sell them to people. Mm -hmm. That's not really faceless traders so much as opportunists who found some alien stuff, but... Right. Those descriptions I was giving of the sort of like three pillars of the organization that was specifically in Shades Crew mostly, but most faceless traders have a similar organizational structure because it helps to divide things up that way.
3: Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to do is like, and, and this can be. Not just a comment on our campaign, but on Dark Heresy as a game. But at the end of the day, we're all heretics too. <laughs> Spin it however you want, with I guess the exception of Ketho. Yes. I kind Are of you... wanted to like role play out a scene where, like, <clears throat> when we're at the villa and we uncrate everything, and Ketho is like, what is this? And then we can like role play out a scene. This is a, um, uh, it's a last gun that shoots metal discs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> yeah. Catho is, I think, the only one who didn't get anything heretical. Yeah. So. And again, he's the one with the most insanity points.
3: <laughs> so that's something that we never really commented on in the game. It just kind of happened. Yes. There was I, never. I
0: was. Absolutely taking note of it. Yeah. Because your, your characters are all pretty casual about picking up heretical
3: stuff. Right. <laughs> I hope that it wasn't too weird that that was never commented on. It's just we're all just a little bit too curious. Yeah. One thing that Dark Heresy does very, very right is not having any kind of alignment or karma or anything like that. Because... It just wouldn't work. And I'm pretty sure that they knew right away that it wouldn't work, which is why they just don't have anything resembling alignment.
0: And a lot of times when, if you've read, like, the Ravenor or Eisenhorn books, when they get pretty far down their path, it's very ambiguous as to whether they're actually doing the right thing anymore. They believe they are, but you see them doing stuff that's considered very wrong by most of the Imperium and inquisitors in general really are very ends justify the means people and so each inquisitor has to decide personally what their line of acceptable losses or acceptable risks or acceptable chaos taint is others will draw the line a lot sooner than different ones Mm -hmm. whereas some will go as far as to actually like bind demons into a mortal body and use that as a tool to fight chaos cults if you do that you're pretty far and onto the radical side and other more puritanical ones will actively hunt you down and kill you but there's no denying that having a bound demon at your side is very very helpful because they're very powerful there is tremendous power to be gained by using the tools of chaos or xeno artifacts or any any of the stuff that you're supposed to be destroying, and so sometimes people will decide, yes, we can use this stuff and use it for good ends. sometimes it works, sometimes it backfires, but it's all very ambiguous,
3: right. Can you imagine this game with karma? <laughs> I guess the closest thing it has it does have is insanity points and corruption points, but it's not mm-hmm. exactly the same thing.
0: Insanity and corruption represent stuff like I guess within you. It, it doesn't. I suppose it's not really visible to anyone else. It's what's happening to your character personally, right? Um, if you mean like karma, like in Fallout sort of thing, like
3: or like humanity like, in World of Darkness, for example.
0: Yeah, it's. I think it handled a lot better through role-playing consequences. Oh, I agree completely. Like, with World of Darkness, there's, like, a strong mechanical tie-in to your humanity. It's mm-hmm. like, the, the more humanity you have, the easier it is to, like, resist your blood frenzy or whatever. That sort of thing. But it's... I just don't... I don't know if it would work in Dark Heresy. You could put it in, but I don't know what it would do.
3: I would probably just mess up all the role playing.
0: <laughs> so, what what would happen in Dark Heresy is like if you like set the bomb off in the middle of Megaton, kill dozens of people with a nuclear explosion, and you feel great about it because they were heretics and they were supposed to die, or at least at least one of them was a heretic. I guarantee <laughs> it. <laughs> Other people will judge your actions, but most of the time they won't know the whole truth of what happened. So right. maybe that means they don't understand why you had to do it. Maybe that means you got too close and you couldn't see the forest for the trees and you ended up doing something really terrible without yourself realizing it and the other people have a sense of perspective to see what is going on for real. So it's, it's not necessarily that the people closest to the action know it best. They could lose sight of it if they're too involved.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Or just do the D&D thing and just say everyone's chaotic neutral and just so you can just do whatever you want <laughs> with no consequence.
0: Well, chaotic neutral. That's the I steal anything I want alignment, but I'm still good in a way. <laughs> I'm not I'm not evil, guys. I'm just a free spirit.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's really all I have for specific questions other than, I mean, uh, you mentioned that we kept surprising you by just doing things that you weren't expecting. Uh, I don't know if there's any particular examples you want to talk about. This time it was not
0: using violence when I expected you to. Um, like when, when, like the, the biggest one was like when you, you found like the hideout and you're like, okay, I'm going to go land the gun cutter in the middle of the place and try to talk to him. And I was like, What? <laughs> Um, yeah. Four. actually the, the biggest one was like you guys almost made a catastrophic mistake in the investigation which was at the masquerade ball Ketho said we should focus on cutting off the head of the snake and the rest of the body will die but you misidentified what the head of the snake was mm-hmm. at that point you thought the head of the snake was Eldrick Marin yeah. and he was really just the guy who sort of got things started but now was really just a customer and so you, you almost didn't even put trackers into the boxes Ooh. i actually i had my camera turned off and i had to mute my mic because i was going like oh are they actually going to do it are they actually not going to put trackers in but then Ooh. um you guys were like well i mean i guess zarkov's in position might as well have him put the trackers in and so you
2: <laughs>
0: Zarkov put the trackers in And as a result you found Shade But if you didn't then You basically would have no way of finding the guy Before he fled off world Good job, Zarkov. So it was Almost very very bad But you did put in the trackers And were able to track Him down and catch him
3: And I assume you also had to completely make up The character, um, the chef That we meet, what was his name? Uh, Chef Roderick. Yes, yeah, Sh- Chef Roderick. I assume that you had to completely make that up on the floor. That, that was entirely improvised. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hold
0: on. The, the lobster, everything. That was just um,
2: ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. Yes, now that was one of my favorite parts of the adventure. Tyrus, the savior of lobsters. Oh, actually, um, I don't think I told you to do this yet, but you should add pure crustaceans to your sheet, Tyrus. <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, what is that? The peer talent for crustaceans. What are we talking about?
2: <laughs> you, Pure, you
0: have peer is a talent that gives you plus 10 on social tests when interacting with a particular group because they hold you in high regard. <laughs> so you have peer with crustaceans. <laughs> <laughs> this may or may not come in handy in a future adventure.
1: The lobster was dead when we got it.
0: But still, he saved it from an ignominious death and an incinerator. Second death. I hope we find crustacean people. Mm-hmm. Wow,
3: crab yeah. people, crab people. So
0: mm-hmm. I think
3: I'm out of questions. Does anyone else want to say anything or ask anything? Will Zarkov ever see Katrin again? Only time will tell.
0: <laughs> when two hearts are so closely connected, then fate finds a way to draw them together, even across the length and breadth of the galaxy. <laughs> That's why there's Facebook. <laughs>
1: No, well, not that Facebook. The best <laughs> kind of Facebook. <laughs> Zarkov's actual na- last name is Zuckerberg.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Everything is wrong. <laughs> In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only Facebook.
2: No, but I can't think of much. Matt kind of covered all the damn bases there. Mm-hmm. That's most of my questions, actually, would probably be involving that kind of stuff. I
1: had like, one comment. It was, um, I'm trying to, like, figure out exactly how to do it, how I'm feeling. I, well, I mean, like, I like the overall complexity of sort of the plot and everyone, you know, all the players involved, and we were, you know, learning bits and pieces. I think it just has to do with more of, like, the elements. There were a lot of elements that we didn't know and couldn't know and wouldn't have known.
0: I don't know. If you knew yeah. those things? Like you were able to figure them out. Yeah, maybe. mm mm-hmm. That may come in time though. Is it like the loose end of like the there was this someone who helped you out but you don't know who it is?
1: Well, no, not necessarily that. I guess I feel like there were I'm I'm not saying it was it was bad, but it was really enjoyable, I think. Because I think of it sort of as a a noir, kind of like a, a mystery thing, you know, we were going in and figuring all this out.
0: Mm-hmm. Is it that too much had happened like without your involvement and you kind of had to come in afterwards? That might be it.
1: No, I mean, and I, I think you can still do that, <laughs> like have that kind of stuff, but you just have to find a way to display that you're coming in to yeah. share. afterwards.
0: The next thing I have planned is a lot less of like the sort of mystery, oh. figuring out who done it sort of thing, and a lot more acolytes proactively doing stuff. So yeah. that one might yeah. be...
1: What? Not, not saying like I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, part of me is figuring it out for my own purposes. but,
2: like, yeah, I mean, but a
1: little more concrete
2: objectives, I think.
0: Because mm-hmm. yeah. this one, you were kind of left to let's say like, "Well, gee, what do we do now?"
2: Yeah, where do we where do we go? That's actually where the the vein of the question I was thinking of was actually on that night, like we went out to all the bars or whatever. Mm-hmm. At, uh, you know, the the social clubs. It's like, did you have different scenarios for each one of those? There was four. Yes,
0: I I had some different possible things that could have happened. I don't remember all the different ones. Actually, also, if at the beginning, if Zarkov had chosen to follow the spymaster away instead of staying to speak to Archibald, the investigation would have taken a very different trajectory. Mm. Yeah. He would have actually led you to the dungeons and Felicia Tolbin if you had followed him then. Oh, boy. So it would have taken an entirely different trajectory if you went that way.
1: Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you might have actually said the point that I was trying to figure out. Like, the complexity is good, but if there's a concrete way we could figure out this information or figure out what the next step
2: is. Yeah, like, just a, a certain, mm-hmm. certain area or a certain type of item. I don't know. A broad zone, but not too narrow. Mm-hmm.
1: A, like a way for us to find information that leads us to the next tool. Like, if we're trying to figure out, all right, you know, oh, no, someone's blown up a mining company. Who could benefit from this? Let's figure out who's in charge. And then we can go, you know, we can be concrete if we go to a place and then find some sort of hierarchy. And then we find on it, like, at the top, it's, it's Kepo the whole time. And then we're like, oh, let's go get him. And, you know.
0: Yeah. This one did kind of leave you to fend for yourself a little bit. For what it's worth, I think you guys did a very good job of thinking of places to go and being able to figure things out that way.
1: Yeah. You know, if we do this kind of thing again, it would be helpful to have sort of a um, a list of sort of known resources. Like, for me, I am not as well-versed in all the 40K stuff. So it's hard for me so to stuff, perceive stuff what, like what kind of information might be available
0: to you. Mm-hmm. Things like there, there's like an Arbites precinct here that might have something on file there's like the libraries for this noble house there's like this person was last seen here that sort of thing
1: yeah i mean even if it's just a list of common services or stuff that you would find in aspire and and most of it could be just worthless which then puts the ball in my court to figure out exactly what the best thing to do is you know Mm-hmm. At least it gives a clear direction, so it feels like we're doing more... Well,
2: I don't know about clear. Like, I, I, I was thinking more along the lines of have an array of choices than going with the, you know, have like eight or something.
1: I don't
0: know.
2: You know, well, that's
1: a little more realistic. Yeah, I mean, what i was saying was, you know, like if for the kind of gameplay where you like leave us to our own, at least instead of having a list of objectives we could do, you know, have at least a list of resources so we can figure out information to build our own next mm-hmm. objective, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Concrete something.
0: Yeah. Okay, um at this point I gotta head out. I think Ned probably does too.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Some good combo though. Huh. Yes. So that was a lot of fun. I'm gonna miss Dan. I can't have to send him
0: <laughs> This is a, a a fun adventure. I am trying to mix up the pace a bit with the next one and have like a bit of a, a shorter, more action y adventure. <laughs> we might do that one. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. Thanks for coming by today, everybody.
1: Thank you, Eric. That was mm-hmm.
0: fun. Yeah.
1: Indeed. Thank
0: you. Mm-hmm. Until next time, the Emperor <laughs> be with you. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find us online at it'sprobablyheresy.wordpress.com. And if you see anything heretical, you can contact the Acolytes at itsprobablyheresy at gmail.com.